Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. It is wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for all your beautiful feedback on my random episode last week. I loved recording that and then, yeah, a lot of messages saying that that's exactly what people needed. So thank you for listening and thank you for the feedback. So this week I am talking about culture and how to build a rock star culture in your business or your team. And I've actually been dying to do this episode for quite a while because um, it's been one of the biggest learning curves of my entrepreneurial career so far. And it's also the one thing, it's the thing that I'm most proud of in my first business is building the culture that we built built together. And I'm actually trialing a new episode format here. I've got six nuggets, as uh, so I'm calling this like the quick and dirty on culture. So a, a, a shorter format than you're probably used to listen to on this show. Now, the problem that I see people having with building a great culture is that it's not necessarily something that all of us have had modeled to us. So we haven't all been employees in in a brilliant culture. So it's almost like a child trying to create an awesome relationship, where, sorry, an adult trying to create an awesome relationship when they haven't necessarily had that model to them by their parents. So that's a, that's a real challenge if we've maybe not been fortunate enough to work in great cultures and experienced what that feels like. It can be tricky when we start our own business uh, to try and create, well, what is a great culture? Because I haven't actually been been part of that. And what I would say to you is that it's as much about what you don't want for your culture as it is about what you do want. And for me, from my, I remember my early twenties as an employee and a boss behaving in a certain way and me almost like just making like a mental post-it note to say, okay, that's how you're doing this. I'm, I'm not going to do that. If I ever get to be a boss and it was such a massive aspiration for me, I'm never going to do that. So when it did come time for me to start my own business and create my own culture, um, it was as much about knowing how it felt when bosses behaved in ways that didn't make me feel good as an employee as it was about knowing what I did want to do. And, and I have been really fortunate to be part of some businesses with really, really, really beautiful cultures. But I did just want to, want to hat tip that as we, as we, as we kick into this episode. So very quick snapshot of my history. So I started my first business, the Remarkables Group at 29. And I have hired my first employee six months in and my second, seven months in, my third, eight months in. And the biggest our team got to was 10 people. So we had like a core and permanent full-time team. And then we would kind of swell out with contractors as and when the business needed it as well. So that, that was kind of a very, very quick snapshot of my business history in the past. And now my, my team is a remote team. So I work with 11 people in my extended team between my my core team and our, my videographer Greg and my designer Stacy and so on. So okay, I want to get into it. I've got six nuggets to share with you on on building a rockstar culture. 
So my first nugget is to know and live the values of your business. I once heard a really cool quote and it said that the values of the team are what happens when the leader isn't there. So it's almost that we want to create the DNA of the culture and the values of the team so that when we're not there, that that that's still how the team carries themselves and behaves. So it's not in a patronizing way saying like, I'm going to like indoctrinate my team and they're going to behave exactly like I behave. It's more about knowing what are the guardrails for a team in, in, in how they navigate situations. And, and for me, that really does come back to, to the value. So at the Remarkables group, we had four values, which I can still trot off <laughs> very quickly because we really lived and breathed them. And I know something I used to hate when I was in TRG was going to, um, one of our clients, maybe you know, huge corporates, and they have their values plastered all over the the elevator, like the bank of elevators as you get in and out. And and I would find invariably that those values would not hold up when I heard about kind of the broader culture of the team. So what I was really, really keen and anxious to do when I created the values in my business was that I wanted to make sure that we lived and breathed them as a team. I didn't want to be them to be something that people would just forget about. So the four values that we had, and I, I created these values before I'd even hired a team, were remarkable relationships, street smart, relentlessly pioneering and urgent and efficient. They were the four values. So what we did was when new people joined our team, we told them, look, these are the four values and we want you to go away and select four images that represent those values to you. And then we had like a template um, which we would get our graphic designer to update because this is pre-Canva days. And, and we would populate each person's values um, into their own values card, we called it. It was like an A5 piece of paper. We would then laminate that and we would stick it over their desk. And every time one of us recognized that person um, actively demonstrating one of the values of the Remarkables group, they would get a gold star. So just like little crappy stickers from Officeworks, we would give them a gold star. The team could give me gold stars. I could give them gold stars. They could give each other gold stars. There was no cap on how many gold stars we could get. And what would happen then is once you had 20 gold stars, you got tickets for you and a friend to go to gold class at the cinema. So I cannot tell you that was one of the best things, maybe the best thing I ever did as a leader in that team was to create those values boards. And, and it just meant that they, they stayed alive. They lived, the, as I said, we lived and breathed the values. So think about for you and your team, what are the values of your team? And if you don't have values yet, maybe that's something that you could create as a team and co-create them together. But as I said, knowing your values um, the, the values of the business. And it just goes without saying, if you're creating this business and you're the leader, chances are those initial, the initial draft of those values are going to be your core values because you're the, the midwife or the, 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 the mom or the dad of your business. And, and then in time, maybe those values might evolve as the team evolves. So think about what are the values of your team? How can you create a, a system? Essentially, that was a value system that I shared with you with the, with the, the, the vision boards that we had as a team. Know your values and how can you help them live in, how can you help you, of course, and your team live and breathe those values? Nugget two, <laughs> exit people quickly. This is honestly the biggest mistake I see people making when it comes to their culture. It's holding on to people who are not the right people for too long. And I honestly, <laughs> I'm going to make you a, a cast iron guarantee here. It is impossible to build a great culture with the wrong people on the bus. You just can't do it. It goes back to my first point around values. If the values of, of your team aren't aligned with each other, it's going to be, it's almost like you're just going to stumble at every hurdle 
as you build this great culture uh, for, for you and for your team. So at best, the wrong people are distracting. They consume energy that could be devoted to much more productive things in, in the business. However, at worst, they are absolutely toxic. And I think it's really important to remember when we don't have the right people on, on the bus or people aren't performing or they're taking the piss or they're not living in a way that's aligned with the values of our team is that the standards we're prepared as leaders to walk past are the standards that we're prepared to accept. And the problem with that is if you've got people who aren't performing, as I said, taking the piss, whatever's going on, they're actually so incredibly demotivating for the people who are actually performing. So, and I, and I really do think the biggest opportunity cost of having the wrong people in your team and holding onto them for too long is that it's an absolute gobbler of your mental bandwidth and your time and your energy as a leader. And as you know, if you're running your own business or, you know, you're, you're trying to make anything happen in your life, whether it's at home or at work or wherever it might be, what you need is time, energy and bandwidth. So anything that's actively detracting from that is holding you back from going and creating whatever it is that you want to create. So I've underlined this five times in my notes. Get those people out. It's never nice letting go of someone. I've had to do it probably, I probably had to do it at least 20 times now in my career. It's never nice. It's never enjoyable. It's not something that I wake up in the morning and go, yay, I get to let someone go today. But it is the best thing for you. It's the best thing for your business. It's the best thing for your team. And it's the best thing for the person you're letting go of. You know, I've let people go and I've seen them two months later, they go on and find this awesome new role. And it's just, it's not doing them a service, having them in a, in a team that they're just never going to align with. They're never going to succeed in. They're never going to perform within. So get them out. <laughs> Nugget three, profile your team. So I've actually done an episode on this in the past around um, knowing yourself. I'll pop a link to that um, episode in, in the show notes. And in that, I talked about all the different behavior profiling that we can do and why it's so helpful for us as individuals. However, I would also say this is one of the most powerful things that you can do. <laughs> the birds are going crazy outside. It's finally not raining for a day in Sydney and the birds are just loving life as I think we all are. So it's it really run, we really want to think about doing that for our teams as well. So what I always recommend to my mentees when they're hiring is to first of all um, identify what DISC behavior profile a, a new team member is. And also, and I talked about DISC in that episode that I've mentioned as well, and also to do StrengthsFinder, uh, the StrengthsFinder, the, the top five strengths report on their team as well. I'll pop a link to both of these in the show notes as well. So, and, and, and the reason for that is it gives you a really, really good handle on who this person is. But also when we think about it actually in a team situation, when, when you've done the profiling with the team, they understand the profiling, they understand their own profiling, they understand their, 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 their colleagues profiling. It really does aid so much understanding and empathy. And what I found is that when people understand the profiles, particularly with DISC actually, that they can almost separate out the person. So their colleague from their DISC behavior profile. So for example, D's are very, very direct. They can be very abrasive. They can, I mean, I'm married to one. They can feel very, seem very aggressive. And it's just a D being very, very task focused and being very fast paced. But if you're sitting on the other side of the equation from a D, maybe you're an I, an S or a C, that can actually be really intimidating and then really, um, I'm trying not to use the word triggering as much, but, but activating for someone, you know, if that in some way, 
activates something in you and um, a childhood memory or something that happened to you in a past role and how someone spoke to you before, that can be really, really activating. So think about how you can profile your team, how you can understand yourself better, enable them to understand themselves better. And it just means that everyone just generally rubs along that bit better together because you understand that, oh, you know, Johnny over there isn't being super slow intentionally. They're just a C and they need to be, C's need to be more considered in their work. And the other thing that it really helps with as well is, is helping you to develop your team. Because I know, for example, I had a brilliant team member called Eddie in my team for a couple of years in my first business. And Eddie's biggest strengths, strength when it comes to strengths finder was harmony. He was all about making everyone feel good, uh, helping everyone, you know, gel, gel together, rolling together really positively. And it was all about harmony. Unfortunately for Eddie, <laughs> part of his role was he would sit between our clients and the influencers that we represented. So for example, I remember once uh, an influencer created some content and sent some photos through of it was, it was a food, food content, sent some photos through to us. We sent it on to the client and the client came back and said that those images, that it looks like dog food that the influencer has created. <laughs> so as you can imagine, that wasn't something we would ever go back and say to the influencer. We needed to be a lot more diplomatic. I used to joke with my team that we needed a diploma in diplomacy because we, we were sitting in that kind of quite unique position where we were sitting between the client's needs and what they needed the, the content to, to, to do, the outcome that they needed from the content and from the influencers who were approaching it from a very creative way that was going to, you know, help and entertain and guide their audiences. So, and we always needed to be really authentic with that content. So it was a, it was a diplomatic road we needed to, to walk. But going back to Eddie, if we think about it, if Eddie's main strength is harmony, if he then needs to give feedback to an influencer to say, Hey, your, your content looks like dog food, which as I said, he would never actually say I'm being extreme here. That's a really, really difficult thing for Eddie to do. So it really helped us when we understood that one of his strengths was harmony. It really helped us to say, okay, look, it's not that you're deficient in some way that you're really struggling to give this feedback. The challenge is, is that your strength is here. And this is almost in, in, in on a, almost like a cellular basis. It feels like to you that you're actually going against your strength. So we need to create some really, um, tailored ways that Eddie could actually work on his ability to be more assertive in terms of giving feedback um, to clients and also to our influencers. Um, and it also helps us build more well-rounded teams. You know, no one needs a team full of Ds. No one needs a team full of Is as much as I would love that because I'm an I. You know, no one te- needs a team full of Ss or Cs. We, we do want to have reasonably well-rounded teams. So if we understand what the current profiling of our team is, we understand what potential new employees coming in, their, their, their profiling is. It means that we can just start to build more well-rounded teams, um, for, for the, you know, the, the overall success of the team and also the business. And, and, and something I actually loved, and this is a really great, like if you're playing an offsite or like a team, like an annual day together, a quarterly day together. I did this activity at, um, we did a, a team retreat. I took the team away for three days to the Hunter Valley. And what I did was I got the, and this is before we'd actually started to do StrengthsFinder for new employees. So none of us had done StrengthsFinder other than me. I did it quite a few years before that. And then I was like, hang on, I need to do this with my team. So what I did was I set up each of the team with StrengthsFinder um, tests, like um, what am I saying? Assessments. And then I got all of the reports sent to me. I blacked, so the team didn't see them. I blacked out the names at the top of the reports. And then when we got to our, our retreat time, 
we sat around the table, beautiful kitchen table in this beautiful country kitchen. And I gave each of the team a different report, not their report. And then I needed to stand up at the front of the room and present this report to the team, the whole team. And then we had to guess who we almost like had to match the profile, like the report profile to the people in the team. So it was a really immersive, fun, connecting, team building way to actually understand StrengthsFinder and understand each other. And funnily enough, our intern, Robin, who was an absolute rock star at the time, people thought that based on her profile, that she was me. <laughs> it just goes to show that it's not necessarily just the leader that's got all of the, you know, inverted commas leadership qualities. That was nugget three. Nugget four, train your team. So if we want to have curious, ambitious, um, development-focused people in our team, we need to feed them that. You know, it's like if we want healthy kids, we need to feed them healthy food. So developing our team, I believe, is one of the biggest priorities of, of any team leader or business owner. So for me in my past business, uh, we had a, a training program. So every month, we had a few different things we did. First thing is every month we had a guest speaker come in. So every Friday morning, um, we would get together at 8.30. Sounds weird. We would start work half an hour early on a Friday um, because we had our, our team meeting. And I would shout the team coffees. And it just meant that we just had a bit more time. We all really, really look forward to Friday mornings together. That's like my favorite, favorite, favorite part of that whole week in that business was Friday mornings with my team. It was so fun. Um, so every month we would have a guest speaker come in. So I would ask someone from our industry to come and speak about a particular topic, a particular experience, or just to share a really interesting, compelling life story or life experience that that person had had. We also had a book club for every every quarter. We would pick a book as part of our quarterly planning and we would read that book together and we would discuss it as part of our weekly meeting every Friday. We would talk about the chapter that was kind of the prescribed reading for that week. Um, that was really, really, really good. That book club, I think, was one of the best things we did culture-wise for our team, particularly with development in that, in that sense, was one of the best things we did. And, and also there was self-guided training. So, for example, as part of the development plan for a couple of my team members, they wanted to understand. Google Analytics better because that's how we did a, lo a lot of our um, evaluation for, for our client reports. So they signed up to do Google Analytics training, which was free, and then they would do that on work time. So there was also self-guided training as well. And the other thing I used to do, I was telling a mentee this the other day, and they thought I was batshit crazy. Uh, so Jackie is a kinesiologist that I have worked with for gosh, over 10 years now. But if one of my team was having a really tough time, if they were going through a breakup or um, I remember, remember once one of my team members who was Canadian was really, really homesick, like she was heartsick for home and or they were just really struggling to perform. They just couldn't seem to get motivated. There was just something going on with their juju that they just couldn't seem to get going. And I would send them off to Jackie and I would pay for that that coaching and that kinesiology session for them. Uh, so they used to say they get packed off to the witch, which, the good witch, obviously. And, and that was really, really great. That was a really, I guess, fundamental part of how I, how I was able to support my team in the business uh, at that time. So a number of my mentees has some really great initiatives. Uh, Kate, who's one of my mentees, she's got a business called Ever. So it's a change management business. She's got something called Ever Change. So every month she has guest speakers come in and do a 90 minute session with her team. So over Zoom, I've done two of them and they were brilliant. Uh, just last week, I was working with one of my mentees who's got a very, very successful online business. And we, in, in the course of our discussion, we realized that it was really time for her to build a development plan for, for her team. So something we talked about that she could do is have a monthly speaker, a monthly session, and she would split it. So there would almost like be a rolling uh 
program. So one month, it would be her, my mentee, training the team on something. The following month, it would be peer-to-peer training. So someone in the team who was really good at XYZ would come in and teach the team on XYZ. And she would also get external guest speakers. And then she would also get their suppliers because they're an online business. There were a number of online tools that they used every single day. And of course, we can always find out more about our tools and make them even more efficient and even more valuable for us and our businesses. So that was something else I suggested that she actually has a kind of every fourth session for the year. And in terms of her kind of curriculum would be to actually have a supplier come in and train the team on really optimizing their their, their use of, of whatever tech it was that they were using. And I just wanted to say as part of this nugget as well, just be wary of management programs or that feeling that you're box ticking. You know, a team says they need help with management training and then you pack them off to a course for two days and you you kind of brush off your hands and go, cool, I've done my job because I've been packed off on those courses myself and uh what I actually needed at that time in my career was not to be sent in a management skills course, but to actually be have have great management model to be by my boss <laughs> rather than him packing me off on this course. So I just want to say, be mindful of that. I mean, of, of course, there's a place for, for outsourced training, but I do think we need to be mindful of outsourcing it too much and, and, and handing over responsibility to external suppliers for the training of our team, which, as I said at the start of this nugget, is one of the most important priorities that we can have as a business owner. Nugget five is to surprise and delight our team. But I've got a note here, caveat that, if they're performing, of course, we're not going to fling all the great things. It's just like our kids. You know, we're not going to fling baby chinos and special dates and new clothes and all the great things. If if they're like not behaving and they're not um, acting in a way that's you know good for the whole family, well, of course, we're not going to fling treats and surprises and excitement at them. So when I share that point, this point about surprising and delighting our team, I'm saying that with a clear caveat, that's if the team is performing. <laughs> so and what I mean by this, it's just doing some nice things to love on your team. Um, I don't say keep them engaged, but just just love on them, make them feel special, make them feel valued, make them feel seen. And some of my favorites are, um, and these are all different budgets, but I remember one afternoon, the team was just in bad form. Like it was just a heavy energy in the team. We were all just feeling a bit meh. And we were in a position to do this. And I just said, all right, team, that's it. Let's go to a movie. Let's go see a movie. And we went to see the intern at um at the cinema in the city where we were working. And I cannot tell you, they were like excited children. It was so fun. I thought it was so fun. And it just raised the whole vibe of the team. And they talked about it for months afterwards. Remember, we just like cut work and went to the movies. So that was one that I did. Another thing I did uh, when I mentioned the Hunter Valley retreat that I did with my team, the three-day retreat, it was us as a team for the first two days. And on for the third night, uh, they didn't know, but I'd invited all their partners to come. So all their partners joined us for the third night of the retreat, which was so fun. I think some of them knew that it was happening. But anyway, I pretended that it was all a massive surprise. And just that was so bonding, you know, playing board games with our partners all together. It was just brilliant. So brilliant. And another one I did as well, we had a brilliant quarter. We had our most successful quarter in the business to date. And I got the team because they're always complaining that they didn't have business card holders for their business cards back when everyone had business cards. And so I got them, um, what do you say, like engraved, like monogrammed business card holders. But what I did was I got our graphic designer to design like these the remarkable group checks for $5,000 and they got a $5,000 bonus in their next paycheck. That felt awesome. That felt so, so good to be able to do that for the team. So yeah, remember to have some fun with your team. Surprise and delight. As I said, it could be a $10 
box of chocolates. It could be a $500 night in a hotel, whatever, you know, whatever your budget stretches to right now. Um, and again, as I said, if the team is performing, super, super important. Nugget number six is say thank you. This can honestly be the easiest thing to forget when things are busy in your business, when you're under pressure, when things are big for you at home, when you just don't have as much capacity and headspace for your team. Just saying thank you. So verbally saying thank you, of course, but taking the time to send thank you cards. I used to leave thank you cards on the, on the desk of my team. Um, and what I, I did, um, was every Friday afternoon, I would send a thank you message. We had a team WhatsApp group and I would send a thank you message to the group, um, every Friday afternoon. And, I remember once I was on a plane or something or something happened that I didn't send it. And it was like the first time all year that I hadn't sent it on a Friday afternoon. And Ashley came in and we were talking on the Monday. She's like, you know, Lorraine, I, I like, I wouldn't always get an acknowledgement for the team for the thank you message. She said, you know, I don't, I don't always respond to your thank yous, but you know what? I didn't get it. Like I really felt it. I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. So I can't remember why I didn't send it. So just a really simple thing every Friday afternoon saying thank you to the team is really simple. Thanks team for everything this week. Really proud of everything we've done. Excited for next week, for example. And you know, as I'm saying this, I'm like, I should do that with my own team now. You know, why, why am I not doing that? Just because it's a remote team, it would still mean just as much to the team to hear that from me every Friday afternoon. So thinking about, you know, how, 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 how can you build in more gratitude to your team and more recognition? Because I can tell you that people will do more for gratitude and recognition than leader, for, from their leaders than they will for fancy perks. So making it a practice. How can you build in more gratitude into your team um, as a practice? So I really hope that these nuggets have helped. As I said, this is a, a quick and dirty episode this week, just trialing a, a shorter episode. So what I need to really say really, really clearly as I wrap up this episode is your culture needs to be authentic to you and to your team. And and that process is trial and error as you, I guess, lean into the culture that's, that's right for you and, and right for your team. So I've shared some ideas about what I have done in the past, what have really worked. I've shared some examples of what my mentees do. However, just remember, there's no right way of doing this. What I've shared with you here is six nuggets today to give you some, I guess, some thought starters as to what you could potentially bring into your team. So don't feel like there's a right way. Don't feel like you're doing it wrong. It's really, and and I'm still on my leadership journey. I think we all are. It's about leaning into each time, getting closer and closer to what the most authentic style of leadership is for you. So I really hope these nuggets have helped. Uh, please do let me know any feedback, which one you're going to implement. So two questions. If you're a business owner or a team leader, what's one of these ideas that you can implement today with your team? As you know, with my content, it's always about what's easily, easily, easily actionable for you right now, right here today. So think about what's one thing that you can implement with your team today. And if you're an employee, you're part of a team, what's one idea here that you would like to take to your your manager or your leader and suggest that it's something you start to do as a team or you even start to practice it yourself and see if others start to jump on the bandwagon with the practice, if it's maybe the Friday thank you or if it's surprising and delighting your colleagues. I think about what's one thing that you could do today that would really start to deepen and and deepen your your culture, but also build that beautiful connection with for you with your team as well. 
So, my dears, thank you so much for joining me this week. I am T-minus two episodes time. I will be telling you about my new thing. I am knee-deep in launch mode at the moment, and it's so exciting. I cannot wait to bring it to your ears and your emails very, very soon. So, I'll share lots of resources from what I've shared in this episode in the show notes, and sending you much love, and I'll chat to you again next week. Thank you for being part of this week's episode. It was remarkable to have you. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions, ideas, and suggestions for future topics for the podcast. So please get in touch on Instagram. My handle is at Lorraine Remarks and through my website, LorraineMurphy.com.au. If you're enjoying what I'm putting out here, please do rate, review, or subscribe to the podcast so more people can find out about it and we can build this special community. Or even better, do all three. Chat to you next week.